Welcome to episode four of the Now Life podcast. We are passionate about encouraging people to experience the abundant life Jesus came to give. The Now Life is a term that describes the life we have the privileges to live now as disciples of Jesus. We do this for the glory of God and for the sake of others until we see Jesus face to face. I am your host, Sean Jones. Friends, I got to start off with an apology. I blew it. I announced a contest in episode two and forgot to announce the results last episode. So please forgive me. Remember, Mark Shaloi, he was one of our guests that was on episode two, and the contest was about guessing his height and his weight. We kind of joked around about how he's the size of one and a half people. Um, So I wanted you guys to all have a chance to get a gift card. So there were two chances to win. Well, Joan Shaloi was the first to respond and she got the height exactly and was only off three pounds on the weight. I do have to say Joan is Mark's mom and that means it's a little unfair. Okay. Joan lives in Buffalo. And as we all know, mama knows best. So Joan, we're going to have to do something special for you um, outside of the local gift card contest. Okay. So please forgive me, Joan, don't, don't call me and get mad at me or anything like that. You know, we love you and adore you. Um, we are grateful that you know how big your son is. Obviously you've had to take care of him, but our local winners were Mike Lockwood who guessed six, seven on the height and 315 pounds. Mark was 305 at the time. I don't know how much he weighs now. Uh, so Mike Lockwood, you were the closest. Good job. Robin Reyna guessed six, nine for the height and 256 pounds for the weight. Well, Mark is six, nine. So well done, Robin. Also just want to tell you, Robin, thanks for being super generous with the weight. Uh, just taking care of my friend, you know, he is obviously big, but putting that, uh, 256 there is probably going to make him feel pretty good about that. So we're grateful for that. Friends, I'm excited to be with you today. I got a couple of guests here with us, but I have a couple of things I want to talk about before I introduce them. So let's jump in. First, remember that the Now Life podcast is meant to motivate us to live out our identity as Christians and to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give. I have heard some stories of people living on mission in the last few weeks, and I'm excited for that. I'm glad that you guys are out there doing that, but I'm hoping you would connect with me directly so we can share these stories to give God the praise and glory he deserves and to also encourage other believers. So I want to hear from you. Connect with us. You can email us at the now life at dscchurch.com. And we'll start sharing some of these stories. My goal would be, you know, most of the time on every episode that you would be able to hear about how God is working through folks. Second, last episode, we spoke about Jesus calling us to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. We were talking about Mark 8, and that's also found in Luke 9. It's in Matthew as well. John has a portion of that. But there's something really important that we discussed about the idea of denying ourselves. And the reality is we connected the truth of this call to deny ourselves to the practicing and fulfilling of the great commandment. Deny yourself so that you can love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love our neighbor as, as ourself. Here's the thing. If we want to fill that great commandment, we want to fulfill it. We want to love God. We want to love others. It's going to be hard when we're number one, when we're numero uno and we worship ourselves or we are trying to make sure that we are taken care of first. It really is hard to take care of other people the way that God's called us to and to ultimately experience what's best. So if, if we want to do this well, we need to follow Jesus. If we want to follow Jesus, we need to deny ourselves 
and take up our cross. And that's what this now life is all about. And that's why I have these ladies here too, that are going to talk to you a little bit, but I do have some really pointed questions. So listen up ladies and gentlemen, how is living the now life going for you? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Do you have someone who has come alongside you to help you? As disciples were called to lovingly obey all that Jesus has commanded and help others to do the same. We've been talking about that for three episodes, this being the fourth. We want you to come to understand who you are in Christ so that you can live that life that Jesus came to give until we see him face to face. So if you want to become all that God has called you to become, I want to help you. And I'll be waiting to hear from you. So reach out to me and let me know those things. And speaking of help, I have Janelle Lloyd and Liz Contreras in the studio today. They are going to shake this place up. Okay, they're going to talk with us about how they have learned and are still learning to follow Jesus. So after you hear from them, they just don't get it. They are they have not arrived. You'll really know that when you hear from Liz. Okay, there's a lot to uh, learn from her. And she'll help you to learn really quick that she's she's not arrived. Okay. Um, and she's okay with saying that. So I've asked them to come and hang with us and discuss discipleship. Specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about how they've learned to do evangelism. So welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi, Sean. Thank you for having us. Yes. I'm glad that you're here. I've known you guys now for a few years. It's definitely seemed to go by fast. Um, I've had a front row seat to see God and how he's changed you and worked through you in these past few years. Obviously, I don't know all the ways that he's changed you. I don't live in your homes and I'm not in your head and I can't talk about all those various ways, but I've seen the way that you have demonstrated your love for him and for others, the way that you have been serving people in various ministries, but specifically when I think about the gospel and telling people about who Jesus is and demonstrating um, the greatest love I think that uh, you know you could give to anybody who is definitely a not believer, a non-believer, um, you guys have faithfully started to walk with God over the past few years to do those things. So briefly, I just want to, I want the, the folks, the listeners to hear a little bit um, about you as we get into this a little bit deeper. I know that the uh, things you guys have to share are going to be very encouraging, but Janelle, tell us a little bit about when you placed your faith in Jesus for eternal life and then kind of when you started coming to Desert Springs Community Church. All right, Sean. So I uh, grew up Catholic, went to Catholic church my whole life, and I was between the ages of nine and 11. I don't exactly know how old I was, um, but I had gone to Awana mm. and <clears throat> the pastor had done the altar call. You know, if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can do it now. And I was like, well, I've gone to church my whole life. I think I have, but I better do it again just in case. It mm. was kind of like that get out of hell free mm-hmm. kind of card. Um but that was my only, my only um, taste of Jesus at first, you know, at that time. And so continuing in the Catholic church or not learning how to live for Jesus, um, I wasn't living for him, you know, through my high school years and uh, late teens and stuff like that. So um, I was probably 30 years old. And left the Catholic Church and ended up at a church back up in Washington and got involved in a connect group because I'm thinking I'm a Christian this whole time and I'm learning and I'm learning and I was at my table one day doing um, a Bible study and I just broke down crying and it was just it hit me he finally completely drew me to himself and Mm -hmm. I just started crying and I was like, Lord, I can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. So I was early thirties at that time. I don't know exactly. I'm not a dates 
yeah, years sure. person. So, um, yeah, I was early thirties when I totally surrendered to the Lord and started coming to Desert Springs in September of 2016 when we moved here from Washington State. Yeah. Do you do you miss things about Washington? Hmm. It's beauty. Would you live in the? Well, it is gorgeous yeah. there, and now I actually appreciate the rain. <laughs> yeah. I did not appreciate it then. Right. So it's a little I mean, different. It's, it's beautiful up there. Were you doing Awana in the Catholic Church? No. Oh, okay. No, and it was funny. I put on Facebook. I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, trying to find out how did I get there? Who took me there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, posted it out to my friends up there. I'm like, who took me? And they're like, yeah. well, maybe so-and-so, maybe so-and-so. And then my mom, she's like, well, I took you a couple of times. Mm. It's like, hmm. Wow. So, well, that's yeah. great. Uh, you know, uh, so 30, that was just a few years ago, huh? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's my age compliment for the day. So <laughs> don't well, ask I don't for get one. one. Yeah, don't ask for one. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that. We're going to hear more about you and what, how God has been working uh, in your life. So Liz, you're up. Tell us a little bit about um, when you, when you put your faith in Jesus for eternal life and when you started coming to Desert Springs. So um, for me, thinking about this, my earliest memory of making that decision would be be summer of 1983. I would have been eight, almost nine. Um, I was baptized that summer. Um, and I remember just that being a very important decision where I realized I needed Jesus to save me and I wanted to follow him. Again, I was very young when I made that decision. I um, actually, interestingly enough, my father was a traveling evangelist for most of the first 10 years of my life. Wow. So I grew up hearing the gospel message and seeing people come to salvation, the whole excitement, exuberance over all those decisions was something I just, I remember from a young age. So I always heard the message, um, assuming I probably made a version of the sinner's prayer a few times during that. But that summer, I just remember it being, okay, this is something that I need to decide for myself. And that was June 18th, 1983. Um, my dad wrote that in my Bible, so that's why I know. Mm. Um, I always thought it was a church camp because I remember being baptized in a creek somewhere. But this morning I decided I should call my mother before I come <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> and I said, Mom, was it church camp? Was it a creek? I remember this for a long time. Is this correct? And she's all, yes, it was a creek. Um, it was actually at a tent revival. Wow. And they were doing baptisms that afternoon. So that was um, when I was eight. Um, but it was much, much later in life when I learned about the personal relationship piece of salvation. It was just, uh, you know, again, I get out of jail. I mean, get out of hell free. I, I didn't want to go to hell. So I was like, Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, it's Desert Springs that um, brought me to that point of actually putting my, my trust in him for my life. Mm-hmm. I started attending here 14 years ago. I actually had to do the math. I didn't realize it had been that long. And it was people living on mission that brought me here. Um, My daughter was, my kids were going to Trinity Lutheran School at the time, down the street here. And my daughter was in preschool, and the preschool assistant invited me several times. And I eventually came, and I would sometimes come and sit by her, and sometimes I would be too busy. (laughs) And then I also volunteered with another parent in the library at the school, and she brought me to Bible study. And so um, that's when God started working on my heart, when I actually started reading the Bible Mm. and realizing that there was a lot more to it than um, just trying to be a good person. 
Yeah. So how old were you 14 years ago? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know. I was a little older than 30. <laughs> just a little bit, though. Not too much, right? No, no. But so. it's, it's interesting that both of you ladies, you know, had these points, you know, um, in your life where you can say you heard things, you're around things, you know, obviously that's the way God works, you know, but then you come to this place of um, where God finally draws you to himself yes. to a place where now life begins to be transformed, not just Correct. a message that you believed for your own benefit. Um, and I think folks often come to the cross that it's about them still that they've, they're coming to receive a gift. And then we even talk about it that way often, you know, Hey, are you ready to receive the gift of eternal life? And, and then we get a little bit older, we get a little more mature and we grow up. And then we actually realize that it was always about receiving the gift of Jesus, like the relationship. Yes. We, we benefit from that relationship and having eternal life, but, um, it, it, you can see the disconnect. I know we'll talk a little bit more about this, but you ladies are walking in discipleship and learning what that looks like to make disciples specifically. But um, you can see a disconnect if folks just come to Christ for um, the, the truth of forgiveness and getting out of hell, obviously, um, but not really uh, understanding the relationship aspect. You can walk a long time um, away from him or apart from him. And that's not, we don't want that. That's, that's why we're here. That's what we're talking about today. That's what the now life is all about, that Jesus came and saved us to live now, to have a relationship now until we go and see him face. We're going to get that. We're going to be there. We're going to go to heaven one day, but it's about how we can uh, live now, um, helping others to know him, but living out our love for Christ. Yes, it grows and it gets more uh, deep in those ways. And you guys have obviously been able to experience that. So in some of the ministry that you guys have done here, one of the things that I really got to see you in and benefit from is when you took the evangelism training here that we offered and that uh, I have the privilege of being able to teach. And Janelle, you took it back in uh, August of 2018 and Liz, February 2019, pretty close, you know, uh, in time frame. And I'm sure you probably will talk a little bit more about that. But Janelle, I want to hear from you why um, um, you decided to take evangelism training. I know that you both are equipped because I've watched you do it, not just came to a class. You've actually done the things that you were taught. But I want to hear Liz or, or Janelle, you go first since Liz just talked. We can't give her the mic too much. Um, <laughs> tell us why you decided to take the evangelism training, Janelle. So I decided to take it because I really have a heart for those that are lost that don't know Jesus. And I know what it's like to live without him as, um, I always had him as, as the savior of my life, but he wasn't Lord of my life mm -hmm. in my eyes until I came to know him. And so how I was before that versus after it was one of those things like, oh my gosh, I want people to have the joy and the peace and the contentment that I have knowing him. And so it was just really a heart for, for the lost that don't, for, for, for the people that don't have that. And, um, I didn't know how to share that in a concise, clear way. And so I figure, well, evangelism explosion is the perfect way of doing it. Cause then it gives you kind of a step-by-step -step guide. So if you get off track or you, um, can make sure you get the points that are, are important mm -hmm. to get across to other people. So having the heart for those that are lost, you know, you don't want them, you don't want people going to hell. No. And I love that you said that because 
one of the things we do in evangelism training, as you guys both have trained before, is we try to develop the heart. We talk about that. We want to develop the heart and equip the mind. And we would hope that people who know Jesus would have a heart for the lost. But I think you guys would agree that um, Christians don't just have that. They're not. There are many Christians who are just not interested. They They may recognize that people are lost, but it isn't that they are moved with a burden to be uncomfortable, you right. know, to share with them. So right. I appreciate that. Like God was already changing you. Like you said, like when I came and like, I, I realized, you know, who he was that I wanted to help others to know that. But it's like, we don't know what we don't know until we know what we don't know. You know exactly. what I mean? So exactly. boom, he, he reveals himself and then you're, you're wanting to tell other people. And I think that's the way it should be in our relationship. We, we hear, we get to know, he calls, we follow, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again. So, And I've learned it the older I get, the more actually I don't know, like, and the more he's teaching me still. So it's not like I think I'm, a, oh, I got that. And then he's like, no, you don't. And then, and then I'm learning, wow, you know, like he's just taking me up steps of knowledge versus he gives it all to me in one shot. This is not the way it works. So thank you for sharing that. Liz, tell us, why did you decide to take evangelism training? Okay, so um, mine doesn't usually start with a heart. <laughs> God, mm-hmm. God has to start with my conscience, my mind first. I am um, very analytical, and I can reason myself out of pretty much anything. So um, interestingly enough, Janelle was my trainer because mm-hmm. I took it the semester after her. Um, the reason I took Sweet. it. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I took it was really, I mean, honestly, my son had done the high school mission trip training and evangelism training the previous year as a sophomore. And then this spring of the 2019, he was doing it again as a junior. And my daughter was joining him because she was then a freshman. And so they were both going through this evangelism training. And God had kind of pricked my conscience to um, point out that I probably wasn't supporting them as I should as a Christian parent. And so I went to my husband. I said, you know, our kids are doing this. We're expecting them to. We're encouraging them them to. And I don't know how we can do that if we don't do the same thing. Mm. And he's like, you're right. So there we were yeah. in evangelism training with all of the high school kids. <laughs> yeah, you were. And Buddy was there. I remember thinking and Buddy was there. from the front seeing Buddy back there thinking, oh, he hates this. He, but he was listening <laughs> and paying attention. But I remember just going like, oh, Buddy does not want to be here. But He actually took to it quicker than I did, yeah. even though he was more resistant. Yeah. So Maybe um, you just smiled more. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I put on a good face. You put on a good face. <laughs> and sometimes that takes practice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's what, um, yeah, that's where I started. I think that's great. I actually encourage, I, you know, I, I wish we could connect this, but all of the kids that go through SMI and learn those things, I wish their parents would come with them. I think what a great opportunity to just come and be a part of what they're doing and do it together as a family. I think that that's wonderful. You know, they're listening to each other and checking each other off, but I don't, um, typically get a response, you know, like that. Um, and maybe it's because I don't get, I don't come to the SMI meetings or, um, and actually I have before I, had, I haven't gone to the last couple, but I used to just come and encourage the parents, come to this, come and be a part of this, you know, but, um, maybe they just want a little time to themselves. I don't know. You know what I mean? But either way, it's amazing what kids can do in our lives, especially yes. when we feel like we, um, we're not giving them what they need, um, from a parent, from a model perspective. We learn, I'm still, I just, yesterday, I, 
I was thinking, I said, I got a lot of work to do, you know, so <laughs> don't, we yeah, don't we yeah. all? Yeah, I agree. So you guys have both had opportunities to share the gospel. You both have had opportunities to see people respond in belief. I know that. I remember, we're not going to talk about this story, but uh, I remember that Liz uh, was sharing at our last uh, summer blast and she had a room and she was sharing the gospel with some kids. And one of the kids had responded um, to the invitation to put their faith in Jesus, to, to, to ask Jesus to save them and forgive them and to follow him. And she come running down the hallway, like uh, just a giddy child on Christmas morning, you know, just like so pumped. And, and that's, that's so rewarding. Like when we can see other people excited and that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to celebrate these things. And I've, I've seen Janelle, um, you know, and, and she's going to tell you this story about, about, um, quickly after she had been trained and she had learned to share her faith but like it blows me away, like folks that are just obedient to the Lord and do the things that he tells them to do with a heart to glorify him and just help people like I want to help you um, how God will use them. And immediately that's what he did. So there's a Christmas outreach we did where we just did some food boxes. We had like 50 families that we had registered for this and we had an intentional opportunity to share the gospel where um, a family or some people would host the family who came in um, and um and share the gospel with them, talk to them, help them to know the real meaning behind Christmas. So Janelle, tell us a little bit about that um, event. How did that go for you from what you can remember? Uh, well, it was funny that you, you know, when you were asking that question, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was like Thanksgiving or something. Right, sure. Um, but yeah, I remember doing that. And at first it was um, the, the thought of doing that. I'm like, oh, no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll hand out the boxes. I'll do the food. And you're like, well, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do the table. And, you know, I am, I'm shy by nature. So going up to people is a lot more difficult than having people come up to me. So by doing it at the table where they are coming up to you for a specific reason, it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And um, having just come through the training, everything is fresh in your mind and, if I recall, maybe we had those points in front of us. Yeah, a little booklet that we yeah. were walking through, asking some specific questions. Yeah, yeah. so that was really helpful. And um, yeah, going through that, and they were really listening. I think they came from a Catholic background, and um, they ended up putting their faith and trust in Jesus. At least one of them did. I think the wife did for sure. Mm-hmm. And the guy was thinking, you yeah. know, he's a little, little more in you know, the thinking process, maybe, you know, the difference, but yeah. yeah. No, and I remember that. I remember you coming and you talked to multiple people that day. You didn't just have one family. I know that was quite a while back, but just even recently, I know you shared with someone who's kind of come back to the church and helped to be there to answer questions and to, to share the gospel. And we've seen this person make a profession of faith and, and these, it's just, it's so neat that the folks that I get surrounded with of people that have been equipped to share their faith I um, mean, it's, it's nothing to do with me. Folks that love the Lord and care about the lost and want to share their faith. It, those are the people I hear from that have opportunities, the ones that are involved in doing it, you know, and um, I'm really excited to see how the church will respond to our Who's Your One campaign. We have a lot of people's names down on the board, but this this is kind of the way I see it. Like the Holy Spirit pricks us to have a burden for somebody that then leads us to say, am I Am I equipped? Am I willing? Can I share with them if they came and wanted to know about Jesus? So um, I, I, I hope that we start to hear more of those kind of stories where people have. And we, I know we, we heard one the other day about a mom who shared with her, her child who um, 
came to know Christ, you know, and it's like, that was her one. And it's like, well, praise mm-hmm. God, you know, you put your one on the board and you go and you're intentional with them. And next thing you know, God does a miracle in their life. So yeah, I um, put one on the board and I got to go circle her name and put a new one on the board now. Yeah, that's right. See, <laughs> that's praise right. the Lord. Don't erase the name. Okay. No, I'm going to go yeah, circle it. Circle it. That's right. Liz, um, I want to hear from you too about when you started to share your faith. I know that you took, um, EE and oftentimes we do have a little bit of OJT and back then when the SMI kids did it, we would go out to the park sometimes during the training, but then we also did some go night stuff. But I just want to hear about like when you first started, you know, doing that, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, well, scary. (laughs) I remember the first time we went out, as I said, Janelle's my trainer. And so I followed her (laughs) and I remember just standing there like, okay, I'm going to let her share. And I let her share. I think I may have said, oh, you can come to our church or something at the end, you know, to, to, to do my part. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was just like, this is not going to go well for me. I just don't think I can do this. I, um, yeah, I was just so fearful. And it was just something, again, like I was, no, I knew God wanted me to do this, but I wasn't at, in my heart, I was like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did go out during those on the job trainings, but like I said, I, I hung back. I was kind of like, I'm getting through this, God, and then I'm going home. (laughs) I'm a little stubborn. Um, I actually, you know, if I'm going to be honest, and I guess this is what this is about, I didn't do much after I finished that training. You know, I had the tools. I knew how to share, and I just, I wasn't willing. Um, Yeah. So, um, but then um, a year later, I went to Nicaragua with the church mission trip to do a vacation Bible school over there and I remember taking my Spanish track and I remember doing some translation of some very basic um, points I wanted to make or things I wanted to be able to say if I had any conversations and I went to Nicaragua with that yeah and I had a couple conversations with my remedial Spanish in a foreign country and I came back and again the conscience thing like God's like seriously Liz you're gonna go there and you're going to speak in a language you don't speak well to strangers that you will never see again. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that in English with your community and your family. Mm. And, you know, that was when the heart started feeling yeah. the necessity to do this. And um, I mentioned it to my friend Bridget. I was in her connect group. I mentioned that to the connect group. And my good friend, who was also taking evangelism training at the time, said, Liz, we're going out on go night you should come with me after I just like told the whole group that God was telling me to share. So there I was March, 2020. I went on go night. And of course, after that, I think we didn't go for six or eight months, but I think I've been to go night every, almost everyone we've had since then. And you, we just had go night, right? Yep. Um, on September 7th and, um, we had kind of announced that. And just for those of you who are listening that don't remember, or maybe it's your first time, you don't know what Go Night is. Go Night's an intentional ministry that we do here at Desert Springs to practice the discipline of evangelism. Yes, sometimes it's kind of like on-the-job training for those who are learning, but it really is something that we've tried to set aside on our calendar the first Wednesdays of every month to go out. And the high school kids uh, are typically doing it too, um, and then the adults are, are going. But uh, Liz, uh, Liz was there this last time. Janelle, I know, had something. Uh, she had an event that she was going to. Um, her and her son went to, and 
And that was awesome. So we, we never give you a hard time if you didn't show up, Janelle. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we're glad that you were there. I was looking for that. you, though. We, we wished you were there, but we understood. So Liz, though, went. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were there and you went out with the legendary Kathy Paps, uh, which was awesome to see her out there. I knew that she had talked to me a little bit about, um, you know, her husband has passed recently, Glenn. But in her story on the Stories Collective, she talked about how EE, how evangelism training really changed her life and learning to share her faith. So she was telling me how she wanted to get back into that. So to see her out there was pretty cool. And she came just saying like, I'm just coming to see how it works. And, and then I made her go out with Liz. So I'm sure that was wonderful. So (laughs) you had an opportunity to just have a, um, a good conversation. So just briefly, just tell us how it went so that people know, like you can actually go up to strangers at the park and actually have a conversation. Right. Um, so yeah, Kathy and I were paired up. There were a lot of high schoolers there. So I think we were probably one of a few of the adults, but anyway, we were paired up and, we had really one one really good conversation. We went up to a couple of women, and we started speaking to uh, to them. And one um, was actually translating from English into Spanish for her her friend who was with her. And so I just started. You know, we asked if we were if they would allow us to speak. And so I went through, started going through the gospel presentation. And then at some point, you know, through it, I then, you know, transferred it over to Kathy, you know, because they were listening and, you know, I wanted to, you know, didn't want to speak the whole time. So Kathy started speaking and it was interesting because something that, there was something that was a connection for the woman once Kathy started speaking and she just zeroed in on Kathy and she stopped translating to her friend. Mm -hmm. So there I am with my Spanish track in my back pocket, because I always have them. And so I just kind of went off to the side, and I gave it to the other the other woman. And in my remedial Spanish, again, just said, okay, this is what we're, we're talking about. This is stuff from the Bible. This isn't stuff we're making up. We believe the Bible's the word of God. And, you know, and asked her if she had a Bible, and she said yes. And they're from a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, well, here's what we're talking about. Here's the truths. Here's the references. You know, and I just really encouraged her to, to read it for herself. Um, and it's just, those are the things that are just so amazing when you go out on go night with fellow believers. It's like I'm continually surprised at the people that will talk to us and say, yes, I'll have a spiritual conversation in the park. It blows my mind. I just, I am always prepared that people are just going to say no. And they don't. Mm. And so it's just, it's amazing to me. And it really comes down to we're meeting people where they're at. We're asking questions and we're connecting on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. God takes care of the rest. Amen. Liz, uh, real quick, because you're talking about Go Night. Do you think that, um, you know, the idea of doing Go Night probably has um changed in your mind. Oh, so yes. just really quick, give us a comments about like that um, evolution of that. So what did you think when you first thought about Go Night to what you're thinking now and, and, and as far as what you think of it, you know? So yeah, at first I'm like, it was a huge point of surrender and obedience and it was just a bit tortuous because <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Sure. Um, I'm out there and I'm like, who am I? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. I mean, I actually come from a background where I'm like evangelists are crazy. Why am I doing this? And I still have those moments, right? Um, Wondering what my dad's thinking, right? (laughs) But now it's being accountable alongside other believers to the Great Commission. It's encouraging. I mean, we go out in different groups of believers every time. We're paired up differently. We share with different people, different groups of people every time from different backgrounds, different places in their life. 
And, and it's just amazing, again, like I said, how the conversations come together. You know, God's in it. It's not me. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. And it just really going consistently helps me with intentionality. Like I continue to stay equipped. Yeah. I continue to walk in obedience, even when seven o'clock on Wednesday is not when I want to go to the park. Mm-hmm. And then just encourages me to look for opportunities. You know, if you're doing it as a practice, then I'm looking for opportunities in my day-to-day life and relationships to share as well. Amen. Janelle, you too. You've been faithful to do this for so long and take people and show them how to do it. And I've seen people respond to you and just being faithful with the gospel, like like Liz has said. But tell me what you thought when we first <laughs> you know, started doing that to where, what you think of it now. Uh, so when I first, you know, my first thought was, oh my gosh, this is going to be scary. <laughs> you know, <It's> very natural. <laughs> again, it's me having to go out to people. So, right. um, unfortunately when first doing it, it was probably a little more, uh, self-focused, sure. right? Cause you're thinking about yourself and how uncomfortable it is and how scary it is. And, um, but when you get out there and start talking to people, it's a, it's a different story. I haven't had anybody super, uh, you know, angry or unreceptive or anything like that. So that's been really nice. Um, so, you know, I think going out at first is kind of like, well, I'll go share the gospel and we'll see if I can do it, what it sounds like coming out of my mouth. Because honestly, when you go out to the park, there isn't a whole lot of cost involved. You know, talk about counting the cost, Mm -hmm. like Liz going down to Nicaragua and, you know, there isn't a cost involved, so to speak, right? Because if they reject you or deny you, it's, you know, no skin off your back because you don't need, you don't know them. Right. Um, and it's a way at the time to hear it come out of your own mouth and to share because it's harder sometimes sharing with your own family mm-hmm. or sharing with those closest to you. So it's kind of a good way of practicing yeah. knowing that you know, nothing will return void, you know, to the Lord when we speak his truth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think at first going out, it was more of a selfish or I have to do this. Um, And now it's, it's, I mean, you go up with a a different intention, Mm -hmm. you know, for Mm -hmm. other people and that they need Jesus. You know, we're in a, in a lost and broken world who needs Jesus. So it's a different mindset going out. Yeah now and I see the value and the benefit of it um, even though I'm still more of a relationally type of evangelist yeah. but I definitely think that there is value yeah. for that. I love just all the things you guys talked about. I mean it is a time for us to say that God is most important. You know we put a lot of things on our calendar as mm-hmm. followers. We say we're going to read our word. We're going to go to Bible study. I mean there's tons of women here and men here today for Bible study. We put that on our calendar every week. We read study, do whatever, blah blah blah. But yeah. it's like we stay away from the evangelism thing, you know, intentional, you know, uh, I'm going to come and do this for you, God, because it is scary. It is hard. It's a flesh killer, but you learn so much through it. And you guys have demonstrated that. Well, you still have to obey, right, Liz? You still have to be obedient. Those things don't change and we still can feel butterflies and those things, but you learn along the way that God's there and and we get to see him do these things. So I got two simple questions. Um, I'm going to ask you the first one, um, Janelle. So, Ladies, who should we be sharing the gospel with? That's the question. But Janelle gets to answer this one. And um, Liz, you can tell me if you agree or not. Okay. <laughs> so Janelle, who should be sharing the gospel? Who should be sharing the gospel? Yes. 
Um, everybody who says they're a Christian who has put their faith and trust in Jesus should yeah. be sharing the gospel. Amen. Sure. Yeah, Correct. so everyone who's... Oh, so you agree, Liz? Yep, Must agree. be true then. Must be true. <laughs> All right, Liz, um, I don't even have to comment because Liz, Liz agreed, so we're good to go. Uh, <laughs> why should we be sharing the gospel with others, Liz? We're commanded to. Yeah. Um, people are dying. Yeah. And I always tell myself, if I believe this to be true, then I need to share. Wow. What you- That's what I tell myself to get the flesh out of the way and, yeah. you know, start thinking about my family. And it is a lot harder with yeah. people you know. Amen. But it comes down to, do I believe this to be true? Those are simple. Very Would you simple. agree with those? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and, you know, people are dying every day without Jesus. And I heard at one time, actually from an atheist, well, not like personally heard, but, you know, I heard of an atheist saying, um, if you really believe mm-hmm. what you're saying, if you really believe it to be true, then how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? Mm. And that really stuck with me because I'm like, whoa, if I really believe it to be true, I need to be letting mm-hmm. people know because they're dying without him. Yeah. That's the truth. And if we just think about that a little bit longer, it may be exactly what we need to move us to take that first step. Last episode, we talked about some values, and these are things that we can implement into our lives. And just as you've been listening to these ladies here, um, these are things that if we start to ponder, do I do this well? What do I need to change in these areas? It can help us to have uh, an evangelistic lifestyle, create a culture where we're thinking about the lost, thinking about those people who need to know um, Christ. I was taught, or somebody said this a long time ago, but it's simple. When we look at people and we have an eternal mindset, we have to assume they don't know Jesus until we know different. Because if we think people know Christ without asking those questions, we're going to be in trouble. Um, We're not going to be helpful to them, that's for sure, because we'll talk ourselves out of it a lot. So be mindful of that. Always consider the eternal state of mankind, recognizing where you once were and where God has brought you to. But these values, remember, demonstrate love, follow Jesus intimately, sacrificial willingness, live available, and depend on God. So ladies, I know that when we first started, I had not um, created these values. It wasn't something that we had written down. It wasn't that we didn't try to live these types of things out, but we took some time and we've established this as something beneficial to us. So which one of these five stood out to you the most, Liz? Um, 100% depending on God. Um, It's not me. I have to be humble enough to know it's his power. It's not me and my activities, my or, or not, it is my activities because I'm being obedient, but my knowledge, my abilities, my skills, it's, it's all him. It's important to be equipped, but those are tools, you know, and it gives confidence, but it's all his power. I have to spend time with him in prayer so that I recognize the opportunities and take action. Right. If I'm not praying, then I'm not intentional. Yeah. And then um, I just have to rely on his strength because um, when the opportunities arise, I need to take them not shrink back. Amen. Uh, how about you, Janelle? Uh, I also said, depending on God. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, and I said, I think the other four would be virtually impossible without the dependence on God. Um, it would be in my own strength, mm-hmm. which would eventually fail. You can only do so much on your own and, and then it's selfish too. So the love would be a selfish love. Following Jesus would be about me and what I can get from him. Um, and I'd only be willing and available on my time 
or in my time frame. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's all dependence on God. Yeah. Amen. I love that. That's where it has to begin. It's where it has to, you know, continue to draw our, you know, our, our strength from. It's like we can't ever separate ourselves from that or this kind of uh, life of following Jesus, this life of um, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing change happen both in our lives and the lives of others. It's just never going to happen. We're not going to see those things. So um, I have this question for you guys, and I'd love it if you could try to answer it in like a sentence or as succinctly as possible. I know that may be very difficult for you, Liz, um, and <laughs> it is for me as well. Me and Liz have a common um, problem, and it's we like to talk. But um, and all I'm saying is like in your most um, direct way, okay, when we think about an evangelism and that concept. So what would you say to that person who is on the fence or is resistant to doing evangelism that would encourage them to see it as a wonderful part of living the now life as a disciple of Jesus? What do you say, Liz? Um, to be obedient. Living the now life is about following Jesus and all he commands, and it's walking in obedience. Yeah. And he honors that. Yeah. Janelle? Um, I say if you're not sharing, you're missing out on huge blessings and seeing how God will work through you, through your fears and your weaknesses. Um, It's through those where God's strength is shown brightly and you're missing out on experiencing the true blessing because you never know on the other side you can have potentially a new brother or sister in Christ. Amen. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't recognize the blessing in evangelism, the, to doing the thing that God saved us to do, like to tell people um, about Jesus. I mean, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He started that mission and then handed it over to us, his followers, to do the same thing. We get to do the same thing that Jesus did with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, you know, and there's such a reward. Even when they don't receive Jesus, just being obedient, like you said, Liz, there's such reward in just following God. So as we wrap our time up, I have one more question for you guys. But I know that um, speaking of disciples, that you two are really uh, pressing in in this season of your life to understand what it looks like to be a disciple maker. And when we say that, we're talking about generational discipleship, discipleship, where we are coming alongside someone else and helping them to know what it means to be a disciple who makes disciples. And that goes on and on. This is the model of Christ. So Jesus style disciple making. So in this last question, I just want you guys to give us a little taste because I want to have you back on (laughs) down the road after you've walked this path a little bit with the Lord. But how is God using this season of your lives to transform your thoughts and actions towards the importance of being a disciple who makes disciples? Janelle, you get to start us off. Um, Well, this season, I mean, I just look at the state of our country And it appears that discipleship has not been a way of life for many Christians. And um, I think if we don't teach and disciple the generations behind us to make disciples and to teach them to observe everything that Jesus commands, then we're going to fall further and further away. So I think that, um, you know, we need to be a part of that change here now. And it's kind of that whole, if not me, then who? And if not, when? You know, if not now, then when. And so I think it's um, extremely important in today's day and age, you know, with the truth being discombobulated nowadays, you know, and if we don't share the real truth, then they'll make up their own. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. All right, Liz. Um, I just 
yeah, it took me a long time to understand the relationship part of this, and um, it didn't connect, right? I, I even remember reading verses like, I'm a new creation in Christ, and memorizing the fruits of the Spirit, and it just being like, I don't feel different. I'm not different. When am I going to be different? When, how come I can't remember to be patient, patient and good and gentle? Or, You know, it was frustrating. I'm like, just maybe I'm doing it wrong. And I think there's a lot of us who grew up in the church, a lot of Christians who professed, and we never, we never got to that next step of what's next. And um, I just, the relationship is the difference. And that's been a huge difference for me. Just spending time in the Word, I just, I became transformed, different. See things differently, react to things differently, see people differently. And um, the difference is the relationship. And if I can help anyone understand that or help them walk through that a little quicker or a little easier than I did, or even just at all, then then I'm in. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, um, I just want to thank you guys, you know, from the bottom of my heart. This isn't just a part of the show that you guys are special to me and I love you guys. And I'm grateful to be able to have this season of my life. I always try to tell folks who in, in, get to taste like fellowship, but also relationships where we serve together. You know, it's mm -hmm. so beautiful to serve the Lord Jesus um, with believers. That's the, what the church was created to do, to be together, to serve, right? And when we do that, we see impact on people's lives forever, not just our own, but other people. And um, I'm proud of you guys. You know, I'm proud that you're following the Lord. I'm so grateful that um, you know, I get to be a part of that and then vice versa. You guys get to be around me and, and I want to, even though I haven't arrived. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. When you do, you'll probably die. Okay. That's remember that you'll be standing before Jesus face to face. Okay. But until then we get to, we get to fumble through our, our own weaknesses, our own, um, you know, quirks and, and let God just shine bright. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So I am just grateful and, and thank, thanks for coming and spending you know time with us for all you listening. We're glad that you spent time listening. I know this episode is a little longer whenever we have folks on and we interview, that's what it will typically be because we want to hear from them. Um, you don't always want to hear from me. And ultimately all we really want to hear from is God anyway. So I hope you were both challenged and encouraged today. And when I think about an important takeaway, what comes to mind is if you want to experience the now life, the life that Jesus came to give, then be obedient and just do what he says, do what he says. So if you want to experience the now life, that life that Jesus came to give, then be obedient and do what he says and you'll fall in love with him. I guarantee you, as you follow Jesus, he'll teach you everything you need to know. He'll continue to reveal himself. You'll fall deeper and deeper in love with him. And that should uh, propel you and compel you to go into the world, share the gospel, and make disciples. Thanks for hanging with us today on The Now Life. If you need anything at all, please contact me and I will be in touch soon. You can email us at thenowlife at dscchurch.com. Hey, go look for Liz Contreras and Janelle Lloyd in the church and, and get to know them and, and let them teach you a little bit about evangelism and what it means to make disciples. Until the next time, go live the now life. Thanks for listening to The Now Life, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. The Now Life is hosted by Sean Jones and produced by Brittany and Brandon Petrie and me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and if you want more information, please visit dscchurch.com.